This is the Relatable Podcast with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to create happy and loving marriages without making over their husbands. If you are a wife looking to transform your marriage from the inside out, you've come to the right place. Get ready to hear relatable stories, practical advice, and empowering perspectives for how to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of Relating Well. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan here, founder of Relatable. How are you? I hope that you're having a great day so far. If not, I hope that by the end of this podcast, you are feeling better and more empowered because that's what we're going to be talking about today. What empowered wives do differently. So for those of you who follow me on Facebook, you may be a member of my private group called the Empowered Wives Society. And I love the name of that group. It actually didn't start out with that title. I think when I originally created it, it was called the Happily Married Women Group or something like that, which at the time made sense to me because a lot of what I was doing was really helping people who were not necessarily happily married um, get to that place. And so it was very important to me that the name of the group spoke to the direction that people were headed rather than maybe the actual reality of their circumstances in their marriage. And so I'm a big proponent of not necessarily speaking what is um, in terms of your reality, but speaking what is to come and where you are headed and what you are trying to create in your life. And so that title really worked for a while, like the happily married woman doesn't really roll off your mouth, (laughs) roll off your tongue that well, but it made sense to me at the time. And I didn't want to sit and spin and try to come up with a name and delay getting the group together. And so over time, as I began to think more about my practice and how I work with my private clients and what it is I wanted to be able to share with anyone, whether you know they were working with me directly or not, really at the end of the day, what I feel my work is about so much is empowerment and empowerment for wives in particular. And so the interesting thing is when I do work um, with people one-on-one, we actually talk about every aspect of their life. And even though the predominant issue may be their marriage, um, how you experience one part of your life is likely how you experience all parts of your life. And so there are common thought patterns, behavioral patterns, um, ways you see yourself that manifest itself in challenges in your marriage, as well as challenges in other areas of your life as well. And so at the end of the day, the work that I do is not only about becoming a happily married woman, but really an empowered woman, an empowered wife, not only in your marriage, but in all aspects of your life. And so today I wanted to just talk with you about 
what it is I believe empowered wives do differently. And empowerment is really, for me, just operating at your highest level, operating from a space of, you know, I am in control of this. I am not a victim. Things are not happening to me, but that I see the power that I have, not only in my thinking, but in my response, but ultimately the power that I have to create shifts, to create transformation, to create change within myself that will then create shifts, transformation, and change in my marriage. And so today, I want to just share with you three really important things, um, perspectives that I believe empowered wives have that may be different than the average person. And so my hope in sharing these three things with you is that you would begin to sort of assess yourself in terms of where you land. If you were to say a scale of one to five, with one being not very much to five being extremely high, where would you land on these three things? And the three things are take responsibility, take care of themselves, and take their thoughts captive. And I'm going to go into detail which each with each one of these, but I just want you to have it in the back of your mind. Like how much do I take responsibility? How much do I take care of myself? How much do I manage my mind and take my thoughts captive? Okay? So, let's look at taking responsibility. And the interesting thing to me, and this happens even when I'm working with some of my clients, is that a lot of people think they are taking responsibility. And, you know, if you've been following me for any length of time, you see the value of looking in the mirror. I use that term and that phrase a lot, that this is not about pointing the finger at your husband and what he's not doing right or pointing the finger at other people in your life, but really it's about taking a look in the mirror. And everyone thinks they are taking a look in the mirror. Everyone thinks to some degree they are taking responsibility and looking at their contribution to whatever is happening in their life that is not what they want it to be. But when that happens, here's what I hear a lot of times, whether, again, I'm working with my private clients or I'm doing a consultation call with someone who's looking to hire me as their coach These are some of the phrases that I often hear, right? I could, but, right? Like, I could, you know, initiate sex with my husband more, but he's not meeting my emotional needs, for one example. Or I know I'm not perfect, but there's so many things that he's doing wrong. Or I've really been trying to manage my emotions better, but he does so many things that frustrate me. Or I'm doing my part. I'm doing the best that I can. I'm trying to put all this stuff into practice, but he's still not responding the way that I would expect. Can you raise your hand for any of those? And so the key word and the trigger for me to know that In those examples, the person is not taking full responsibility is by using the phrase, but. Whenever you have a but, it sort of negates 
everything that came before it and it puts the focus squarely on everything that comes after it. And nine times out of 10, when I hear these phrases, I could, but, or I've been trying, but that is relegating responsibility to something else outside of yourself, usually your husband. And so for anyone that is coached with me, and especially the women who just came on my Renew Retreat, they know that I have an extreme view of taking responsibility. And I may have mentioned it on this podcast before, but um, there is a book by a guy named Grant Cardone, and he's a pretty um, well-known and extremely successful businessman. And he has a lot of leadership and like personal development books. So he has this one book, it's called The 10X Rule. And in it, he offers a very fascinating take on taking responsibility. And when I first heard it, I was like, this dude is crazy. But it is the extreme of the extreme. In the book, he gives the example of imagine you are driving and you are stopped at a stoplight and someone rear ends you. Now, the average person would just be like, I was not doing anything wrong. I totally was abiding by the traffic rules. I was, you know, paying attention. The light was clearly red. This other car wasn't wasn't paying attention and they just bumped into me, so it's their fault. And of course, the law would be on, you know, on the side of that thinking. But in this book, and really what Grant Cardone talks about is like not being not thinking the way average people think and so to take full responsibility even in a situation where you may not technically be doing anything wrong um, to take responsibility at an extreme level means to look at everything you could have done differently or every way that you potentially contributed to the situation in front of you. And so in the example of this car, what he notes is like, imagine if you had left your house five minutes earlier, or if you had let another car pass in front of you, or if you hadn't roll stopped on that last stop sign. Like there's a million and different micro decisions you could have made that wouldn't have even positioned you to be in the line of, you know, uh, direction to have this car rear end you. And so I too really like to look at taking responsibility from the most extreme way possible. And even, you know, when I'm working with my clients, we were at the retreat and one of one of my clients there was talking about work and she was talking about wanting a promotion and the place where she works is very bureaucratic and she felt like the leaders and the people in charge of promotions were just the ones holding the strings, right? That they were in control of it. She felt disempowered. She felt like, you know, only certain people got promotions and just really felt like it was out of her control. And we spent quite a bit of time working on her thoughts and investigating and challenging them. And by the end, she began to see how she was 100% responsible for the results she was getting, which at the time had been 20 years in a job with no promotion. And so she walked away after we had gone through, you know, the process that I teach 
feeling like I am a boss. And we had so much fun with it. We got to the place where I was like, listen, I want you to embody this I am a boss persona so much that even when you are around your supervisors, even when you're around your quote unquote bosses, that you are the boss, that you are so much the boss that they are like looking at you like, who do you think you are? Do you think you're the boss? I was like, because you want them to see you in that way. And it's so funny because after that happened, we were doing something and she started telling me. And I was like, oh, look at you trying to be the boss. But it was an amazing and wonderful eye-opening experience for her to see how what she thought was in control of her, that she is actually in control of herself. And I think this applies to all aspects of our lives, even in your marriage. Even if right now in your marriage, you are feeling like your husband is so disconnected from you, your husband is so um, closed off and withdrawn, you may be thinking to yourself like, I can't do anything to bring him back to me. I can't do anything to make him think differently, differently of me. And I would challenge that. I would, you know, if we were having this conversation together, I would encourage you to ask yourself the question, how are you responsible for creating that result? Who have you been being? What have you been thinking, saying, and doing that led to that situation happening? Because when you can see the part that you have taken, you can see how to reverse it. You can see how to shift it back more in alignment and in direction with where you actually want to go. But if you only look at the things that are beyond your control, you're going to stay stuck. You're never going to be able to move forward because you think it's outside of your control. And I just want you to know that nothing could be farther from the truth. And that when I talk about taking responsibility, it is not from a place of causing you to feel shame and causing you to blame yourself, but it is a, a call for you to elevate yourself to your true place of power in your life and in your marriage. God has given you the power to move mountains. And if you don't recognize that you have that power, you will always feel like the victim. You will never take responsibility. You will never see what you could be doing differently to change things. And I don't want that for you. And you don't want that from you. And so I really just want to encourage you to always think, how am I responsible for creating this result? What did I think? What did I say? What did I do that led to this? Or what did I fail to say? Or what did I fail to do? Or what did I fail to think? It's really a power question if you can take it as such. Okay, so the second thing that empowered wives do differently is they take care of themselves. And again, my take on this includes a lot of different things. And so part of it is the empowered wife prioritizes her mental health and emotional well-being as much as getting her hair done, getting her nails done, getting a massage, and all of those other typical standard cookie cutter self-care things. 
For me, the most important self-care you can do is to take care of your emotional health, your mental health, your mindset, your thinking, your beliefs. The more you keep those at their highest, most beautiful, most wonderful operating level, the better the rest of your life is. But a lot of times we are moving around so fast in our life, we don't even pay attention to what is going on in our mind. I want you to see your mind as like your most prized possession. How would you take care of it if that were the case? What would be your daily practices? What would be your weekly practices? What would you do to keep it um, as gorgeous and as beautiful as it could possibly be? What would you do to keep it as clean and fresh and you know beautifully scented as it could possibly be? Because if you were to really look at your mind and how you've been letting it go, you would see all the garbage that is accumulated in there that you haven't cleared out. And so being able to take care of yourself first starts with being able to take care of your emotional health and your mental health. That means you have daily health practices and rituals. Just like you brush your teeth every day, you clean your mind every day. You take care of your emotional health. And two of the most important things that I think we as women and we as wives don't do is we don't know and establish boundaries and we don't ask for help when we need it. And so we have this tendency to just overextend ourselves, putting other people's needs ahead of our own, trying to meet other people's expectations of us, trying to do all the things and be all the things to people that sometimes don't even really matter in our lives. And that's not to say that you have to close yourself off, but it does mean that you have to know your limits and you have to think so highly of yourself that you will not take on more than you know is healthy and desirable for you to take on. I get approached a lot of times to do things. Like I had a friend once and we were doing... um, you know, some other things together. And I loved doing those other things together. But there came a point when I recognized that doing those other things was was at a sacrifice to some other priorities that I had for myself personally and that I had for my business. And so I had to say no. And I said it with love and I said it with confidence And it was no problem at all. She totally understood. But I think a lot of times we get so afraid of the discomfort of saying no that we take on so many more uncomfortable situations in our lives that just cause us more stress and strain and overwhelm and frustration. And so you have to know your boundaries. You have to know what it is you can take on and what it is you cannot take on and to be okay with that. And then you also have to ask for help when you need it. One of the biggest complaints I hear of wives is, you know, why should I have to ask my husband to do X, Y, and Z? 
Doesn't he see this needs to be done? Doesn't he recognize that, you know, the dishes are in the sink or the kids are a mess or the house is a mess or the laundry is piling up or that I'm frazzled and can't handle everything that's going on? Maybe he does and maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does and it just doesn't bother him. Maybe he does and it's not a priority to him in that moment. And can that be okay? I would say yes, it can be okay because when it's not okay, all that leads to is frustration and aggravation for you, not him. And so instead of asking the question, why should I have to ask? I want you to think about why wouldn't you ask? Why wouldn't you ask for help when it can help you? Why wouldn't you ask for what you need? Is it that you don't think you have permission? Is it that you think you can't inconvenience him? Or is it just your ego telling you you shouldn't have to do it? I think it's ridiculous. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And if you really are an empowered wife taking responsibility, you would take responsibility for that. And I say this to you because I've had to have the same exact conversation with myself. There were many, many mornings where I would be so frustrated with my husband. We have small children. They wake up at the crack of dawn. I never get to sleep in. There he is laying in the bed, enjoying, you know, all the sleep he wants, scrolling through Facebook, doing whatever it is his heart desires. And I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Whose fault is that? It is not his. And that's where taking responsibility comes. Because if I did not ask for what I needed, then that only falls on me. And so I got over that thinking of why should I have to ask really, really quickly. Why wouldn't I ask? It is such a more empowering and self-serving question. Why wouldn't you ask? You have to think about that. You have to think about why you would allow yourself in this faulty and unproductive and unhelpful line of thinking for so long that just causes you to suffer and to be overwhelmed and stressed out and upset with a man that had no idea that you needed him. That's on you if you continue to choose that. And, you know, as my husband and I wrestled with this in our own home, you know, he told me, he was like, there has never been a time that you've asked me for help that I've said no. And he was a thousand percent right. And so I want you to think for yourself, has there ever been a time where you've asked your, your husband for help, especially when it comes to the kids, because I think that's where we bump into this the most. Has there ever been a time where he said no? Probably not. Now, maybe he's not turning cartwheels. Maybe he's not the most eager beaver, right? But okay, he cannot want to do it. That doesn't mean he won't do it. And that doesn't mean you don't have the right to ask. How many things do you do for your children that you really don't want to do? But you do it because it's your responsibility, because you are a parent. And I'm pretty sure your husband has the same mindset. Okay? I feel very strongly about that, I'm sure you guys can feel it because I know the power of getting over that. 
that's really why. That's where this passion comes from. I know the power of getting over this, you know, limited thinking of why should I have to ask him? Because once I got over it, life became so much easier and so much better and so much happier and so much less confrontational. And I want that for you. Okay. So the third thing that an empowered wife does differently is she takes her thoughts captive. I love this. This is my wheelhouse of helping you change your mind, helping you change your beliefs, helping you change your thinking, helping you change the opinions that you don't even know where you got them from in the first place. And so in order to take your thoughts captive, that is the mind cleansing, the renewing your mind, right? God talks about this so much in the Bible because he knows that your thinking influences every aspect of your life because your thoughts create emotions. They create feelings. And as women, especially we are driven by our emotions. We are driven by our feelings. When we feel amazing, we do amazing things. When we feel awful, we do awful things. But a lot of times we don't even know where these emotions come from. A lot of times we just feel mad or angry or upset about something and our minds are going a thousand miles a minute and we haven't cultivated the skill of intentional thinking and um, intentional awareness that we don't even know what we're thinking. We're just going, going, going based off of our emotions and we don't even know where those emotions came from. Your emotions come from your thinking. They come from your thoughts. They come from the story you tell yourself. They come from the things you choose to believe. And so in order to take your thoughts captive, you have to be aware of what you are thinking. You have to. You have to stop being on automatic pilot in your head and get in that cockpit. Get inside your head, pay attention to what you tell yourself throughout the day. We have 60,000 thoughts in our head, but about 80% of those are the same thoughts over and over and over again. And so when we have habitual ways of thinking, habitual beliefs that are ingrained in our mind, they literally form a groove in your brain. Literally, your brain is wired to think that way. And so once you know this, once you know that by thinking certain things over and over again, you are wiring your brain in a certain way. If the way you are thinking, if the things you tell yourself, if the beliefs you hold are not serving you, are not moving you to joy, peace, happiness, contentment, fulfillment, then why would you keep on thinking them? Why would you allow yourself to tell yourself these things over and over and over and over and over and over again? An empowered wife would recognize those thoughts that don't serve her. She would pull them 
with her hand out of her head and speak truth to that negative thinking. And in order to do that, you have to recognize the power of your thinking. You have to recognize the power of the words you choose to say. And so how do you talk back? Well, this one, take every thought captive. This comes directly from the word of God. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to the word of God. Which means that when your mind, when the enemy, when your ego, when your flesh wants to think one way, you have to test it against what God says. And if it doesn't align up, then you speak the truth of God's word to it. You speak the truth of what you know in your spirit is right. You speak that truth to any negativity or any thought or any belief that does not serve you. And in order to do that, definitely get a scripture, definitely get a word from the Lord, because his word is the most powerful word. For sure it is. And then back up his word with intentional thinking. What would you like to believe instead? If part of your story is my husband makes me so unhappy, what would you like to believe instead? If you had any thought to choose, what would you want to believe? For me, it would be my husband is the man of my dreams. Like, why would I not want to believe that? Who married to a man would not want to believe that he is the man of her dreams? But so many times we have rehearsed this other thinking, this other thought, and we can't even remotely imagine that our husband is the man of our dreams. But it's equally as true. The only difference is you've spent five, 10 years believing that he's not when you could spend five, 10 years believing that he is. And so I teach my clients a very specific process for how to take their thoughts captive, how to get out all of the negativity and how to replace it with thoughts that serve you, with thoughts that represent the truth of what you want to believe until those positive thoughts overtake the negative ones and then the negative ones are a distant memory. And you can do the same. It's literally like building a muscle. But what happens is a lot of time it feels uncomfortable at the beginning because it's not what you're used to thinking. You think you're doing it wrong. You think you're failing when you can't hold those positive thoughts as long as you want to. But it's just part of the process. It's just part of the process. You would not go to the gym and try to lift a 100-pound weight when you've never done it before. You take a little bit, you start with like five, and then you work up. The same with our thinking. You were unlearning, undoing years and years and years of wrong thinking. And so it takes some time to correct it. And you have to be patient with yourself. So those are the three things empowered wives do differently. They take responsibility. They take care of themselves. They take their thoughts captive. 
How are you doing? How are you doing in those areas on a scale of one to five? How would you rate yourself in taking responsibility? How would you rate yourself in taking care of yourself? And how would you rate yourself in taking your thoughts captive? If your answers are not what you want them to be, then why not do some work, right? I hear so many women say, oh, I'm just going to work on myself. And I love hearing that because that is the way to create anything positive in your life is to work on yourself. And how are you doing that? Do you actually have a plan? Do you have guidance? Do you have help? If you feel like you could use some help, if you feel like you could use a mentor and a coach and some very specific and concrete guidance, I want to just invite you to consider reaching out to me. I am currently accepting new clients. I have space to take on some new clients. If you feel that my message resonates with you, if you feel that what I offer could benefit you, let's just have a conversation and see. Let's have a conversation to talk about what it is that's going on for you, how I see your pathway forward. And if you think that is the right pathway forward for you, if you feel like it will get you the result you want, then we can talk about working together. I would be delighted to speak with you. So again, I will link to my uh, form for a consultation in the show notes in the show notes. And if that feels right for you right now, then make it happen. I'm waiting on the other side. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back with you next week. Bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Now I'd love to connect with you more. Join me in my private group on Facebook, the Empowered Wives Society, or sign up for my weekly newsletter at berelatable.com. There you'll find additional resources to help you create the happy and loving marriage you desire. And of course, I can't wait to meet you right back here for the next episode. Until then, make your marriage amazing.